0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of For the Love of the Games. I am your host, Chris dennis Myers, and I'm going to talk about the GKUS Classic, which I actually went to in person, and because of the kind of person I am, I also watched the broadcast version of, but um, yeah, so let's get into it. This is actually kind of a big deal as a meet, um, just because it's one of the first big meets of the year, and really it's the second meet of the year after the winter cup. I used to watch golf and there used to be kind of three tiers of golf tournaments. There were the majors, and then there were the tournaments that tiger woods played. And then there were the tournaments tiger woods did not play. (laughs) And this you might say is the first tournament that tiger woods would have, would have played in if he were a female gymnast, which he wasn't and isn't. And I will say you can definitely tell that there were, some first meet nerves, lots of people falling off the beam. And that's totally understandable because it's the first meet for most of these gymnasts since 2019. So not only was it the first meet of the season for most of these gymnasts, but it was also the first meet in over a year. So, you know, you had some nerves, you had some people falling off the beam, falling off the bars, things like that. But, but in all, it was a pretty exciting tournament just to give you an idea of the format, it was broken into two sessions. The first session was a new senior elite gymnast. So your gymnasts that haven't done events at this scale recently, or maybe they did go to the winter cup, um, but just don't have as much experience. They qualified for session one. And then session two was the people who have been competing again, to say recently is a little bit of a misnomer because it's been over a year since anybody's competed, but. Most of the ones that you've heard of will have been in session two. Um, this is also a qualifying tournament for nationals. So anyone that did all four apparatus that got over 52 points automatically qualify for nationals and anyone who did not do all four can petition to compete at nationals. Now, the sort of underlying drama of that and strategy of, of this is that if you did do all four events and did not. Net 52 points. You cannot petition for a, a spot at nationals. you do not get to compete at nationals. So for a lot of, especially your session one athletes, the strategy it, it was a smarter strategy to give yourself the extra time to give yourself some experience in front of judges, do some sort of practice competing, so to speak, not do all four events, and petition to compete, which most of the athletes that were there. Should be allowed to compete at nationals, I would think. Um, Nationals are June 3 through 6. So I will definitely be back talking about that in a couple weeks. And then the other thing about nationals to keep in mind is that nationals is a two day meet. So much like the Olympics, much like Olympic trials, you have day one, which is qualifications. And then the top half get to then compete at day two. And Nationals are like that. Trials are like that. And and the Olympics are like that. The way a lot of these meets work is that you win the floor. If you have the highest score on day two, but the Olympics mostly probably for television reasons, (laughs) television coverage reasons, they have a third day of competition, which is apparatus finals. And then you can, and you compete specifically for your apparatus. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of talk about each of the athletes that, I think you need to know people that whose names are coming up and will come up in the next couple months. As I record this, it's May 24th opening ceremonies are July 23rd. So a day shy of two months from now are opening ceremonies and a month from today actually is the Olympic trials. So it's going to be a packed month for these athletes that are in contention for the for the Olympic team. okay so returning gymnast Chelsea Memo was in session one. Here's what I'll say about being in the arena I cried so hard at Chelsea Memo she's 32 years old she was on the 2008 Olympic team. she was also the world champion in 2005 she narrowly actually beat out Nastia Lucan of Olympic fame and uh, is who is currently the NBC gymnastics commentator but here's what i want to say about the television coverage because she was sort of the star of session 1 and and i really did enjoy watching her but the commentators kept saying she's proving that you know age doesn't matter but i disagree it's just it's not true age does matter here as a fan of gymnastics i have a lot of problems with the way that gymnastics is run but the vast majority of gymnastic stars, female gymnastic stars are in the 16 to 20 range. We're talking about a sport that is plagued by abuse, not just in recently the Larry Nassar scandal, but you saw corruption up and down USAG. Here's a woman who is a mom. She kept saying she's already won because this isn't her whole life, but the whole rest of the competition field, especially because she was in session one. These are, these are new elites. These are 16 and 17 year old girls who know that they have to have the meat of their lives to be in the conversation, to be on the Olympic team, which is probably every girl in that arena's dream. And here's Chelsea who has already been on the team, has nothing to lose is doing it because she loves the sport and, you know, landed a bald and it was, it was fun to watch but she is at a place in her life where it, you know, she's not the sport really, the sport really feeds on the naivete of little girls. And here's, here's a self-assured woman who just, like I said, loves the sport and, and is there to show them that it can be done. And so age, age does matter in her story. And, I think it's also important to remember that you don't have to be 16 to be successful. Um, Even Simone Biles, who obviously is just literally better than everyone else is 23 years old. And it is a big difference between the age of 18, 19, where she was at the uh, 2016 games versus 23 now, but it's also happening on a gym level. And Rachel Denhollander, who famously has been critical of USAG has also talked a lot about, you know, these, these coaches who are telling their level five, which is eight year olds for the most part to, to get on the bar, even if their elbow hurts or, you know, having them practice vault, they're doing irreparable damage. to These little girls one of the stories that I loved about Chelsea in training was that her dad is her coach and she was practicing. And she said, you know, I I don't think I'm going to practice this particular move on the bars. And her dad said, oh, okay, why not? And she said, well, my back is sore. Um, (laughs) And he said, well, why is it sore? And she said, I don't know. The answer is that she's in her thirties, but, (laughs) but truly at 12, her coach, again, she's coached by her dad. So it hopefully is a different situation, but a lot of coaches would have said, do it anyway, do it anyway, do it anyway. It's disgusting. And I think if we can prove that you don't have to be 16 to be highly competitive, you can really change the sport. And I think that's really the only way to change it in the way that it needs to be changed. So anyway, like a lot of people, Chelsea fell off the beam. I you know, I, I hate to hold that against her because a lot of people did. It was just a very, it was that kind of meet, <laughs> And I think she um, held her own. And I do think that if she petitions to compete at nationals, which she clearly is planning to do, I, I think they'll give her the spot. I think you, honestly, they'll be dumb not to just because people are so excited about her return. Also in session one was Lori Hernandez of 2016 Rio fame you can't not love Lori. She's fantastic. She's bubbly. She's outgoing. She's just fully lovable. And she's one that again, going back to some of the abuses that are rampant in this sport, Lori was being coached by a woman named Maggie Haney, who has since been suspended from coaching for five years. She was actually originally suspended for eight years. She's she appealed now she has a five-year suspension, but Lori, this is her first season back since Rio. And she has said that part of why is that Maggie Haney really damaged her love for the sport. Um, She was not wanting to go to the gym. She thought she hated gymnastics itself. It turns out she just really had a negative experience with her coach. There were a lot of comments about Lori's weight in particular. Lori had some disordered eating issues and that came directly from that. Yeah. So, so Lori's back with a new coach and we are, you know, I'm just, this is again, a situation where she was 16 and in 2016, she's 20 now. And she's a different person. She has a different coach. She's a lot stronger. She's able to stand up for what she needs. And I'm just really happy for her that she has found some healing. In a sport that has caused her so much pain. Yeah, I just, it's frustrating, guys, as a fan, because I just, I don't know how you can fix this kind of culture without changing how old these athletes are. So, also in session one was Grace McCallum. And that is a name that you may be hearing a lot of. She, I think there's a very good chance that she ends up on the Olympic team. She is a fantastic all around gymnast and will be helpful on any apparatus really. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. She was injured, which is why she ended up in session one rather than in session two, which is really truly where she belongs, but, um, but she's back, she's doing very well. She clearly has gotten over her injury and, um, It'll be interesting to see, like I said, where she ends up. Um, she did place fourth overall. I think it's easy to get caught up in where she placed in the all around, just because so many people did not do all four events that all around winner. I mean, obviously the all around winner was Simone Biles, but <laughs> but the rest of the rankings may have been skewed by some people not completing all the events. Grace though, st- I think is Again, a very real contender for the team. And with that, we'll move to session two. Riley McCusker is one of my favorites. I don't really know what happened. She injured her foot off a vault. I have not been able to find anywhere what happened, if she's okay, if she's going to be able to compete at nationals, anything like that. But just kind of a side note about Riley McCusker, she was also coached by Lori Hernandez's former coach, Maggie Haney, um, and is currently suing her. So go Rye. We are team Riley forever. Yeah. So I I'm just hoping that, that she's okay, that it was a minor injury because it's, we're a month out from Olympic trials and there's really not any time to have any kind of injury. And she's another one that I think is in serious contention for the team. I, if, if you had me picking a team a year ago for the 2020 games, Well, I guess they're still calling in the 2020 games, but if the games were going to have occurred in July of 2020, I would have absolutely put Riley on my team. And she also having left Maggie Haney's gym, joined Brian Carey's gym. Brian Carey is Jade Carey's father. Jade Carey is one of our best vaulters. She has already qualified for Tokyo, kind of (laughs) a lot of sports had already had their trials prior to March 13th or whatever it was that everything started getting canceled. And so she, at that point, had already gotten to a point where no one could out-qualify her, but it wasn't official because the last tournaments hadn't occurred. So she had mathematically qualified in March of 2020, but not qualified, qualified, So the Olympics this year is a little bit different than they have been in years past. You have a four person team that will compete for team, team gold. And then you also have two specialist spots. Jade Carey has qualified for one of that. Well, again, mathematically qualified for one of those two specialist spots. NBC did list her as having qualified and said that there was only one specialist spot available. So I assume that they have decided to go ahead and honor that but it's not official official yet, unfortunately. Um, But we love Jade. She's fantastic. Again, a fantastic gymnast. She did her two least competitive events. She competed on bars and beam, presumably just to get some experience on those two events because she is known as a vaulter and her floor is also very good because she's an incredible tumbler. But she did quite well. You definitely will see her in Tokyo because they are listing her now, which is great. Kayla DiCello is new to the senior scene as well. She placed third all around, which again, you don't want to get too caught up in where people placed in the all around just because so many people decided not to do the all around, but she did place third. <laughs> that being said, she did place third, um, which, which is really impressive for somebody. This is one of her first competitions. She's only 17. And I do think that extra year will have benefited her significantly but she really showed up. She's somebody to watch out for as well. Again, if, if we're talking about if I were recording this in may of 2020 and we were going to have the games in two months, I, she's not somebody that was on my radar at all a year ago. So, so I think she did what she needed to do here. And I think she's someone to look at, at nationals as well. Soonie Lee was there. She's one of my favorite gymnasts. She's an incredible bars gymnast. Her bars routine is the best in the world. She's unreal. One of the things that you get a lot of extra points for is connecting skills and she connects them in in such a way I, I it shouldn't be possible. She is just an incredible bars technician and this is where I'm going with this. She fell off the bars which was pretty devastating. Because I don't think you can put a team together without her on it if she shows up. But she's only got a month to prove that she's not going to fall off the bars in Tokyo. So I hope she does it. And she absolutely will win gold in Tokyo if she can finish it. Now, again, this is a first meet back. She's probably very nervous. Everyone was very nervous. There were a lot of uncharacteristic falls. A lot of mistakes that gymnasts don't typically make. So I'm not going to counter out right now. What I'm hoping is that it was it was a mistake and not an injury issue. I don't want to write off how good she is on other apparatus as well. She actually is an incredible all-around gymnast, but if you're talking about Suni Lee, you're going to be talking about bars. And you know what? I think she actually fell off her beam routine as well now that I'm thinking about it. But don't count her out. She did not do all four events, so she still can petition to compete at nationals and they'll definitely give it to her just because she is reigning world bars champion. And they'll want to see how she's doing. If she can, if she can be on that team, Morgan heard is back as well. After an elbow injury, she had like six surgeries on her elbows in the last year, just saying bananas like that. So she only did floor and beam the two that are least hard on your elbows, but she is also quite good on bars. And you might know her actually as the girl who competes in glasses. We love Morgan Hurd, Morgie, they call her. Again, if you had talked to me a year ago, I absolutely would have put her on my team. But a year later, I just hope her elbows are holding up. She's also been doing some really cool stuff with Stop Asian Hate. She's been making speeches and, um, you know, really doing some some great activism work on that. So we are big Morgan Hurd fans in this household. And yes, she competes in glasses. So we like her. Michaela Skinner. She was an alternate in 2016 and she was kind of ticked about that. (laughs) She has said she is out to prove them wrong. She wanted to be on that team and she wants to be on this one. She did start competing for the NCAA in gymnastics for Utah. And here's what I'll say about NCAA gymnastics. It is quite different. NCAA is a little bit less strenuous for a lot of reasons. Obviously you're a student athlete, but difficulty isn't rewarded in the same way as, as it is an elite. And so she had some stamina issues last year when she was kind of having her first season or not last year, year before <laughs> she was having her first season back, but she seems to have dealt with those though. She did also have some uncharacteristic mistakes. She fell off the beam. But what I thought was interesting, she she had a couple issues on bars, but she was able to save it. So she didn't fall off the bars. She she did kind of you know bend her knees and, and have some issues. And it looked like she was going to fall off. So she did quite a save there. I, I know she's in it to win it, but she did have the second highest start value of anybody doing the all around, but she plays 10. But she is a great gymnast. So we'll see with Michaela. Jordan Childs is another name you definitely need to know. I think there's a uh, again there's only four people on this four-person team, but Jordan Childs is making a case for herself. She was not a name I would have had on my list a year ago. I keep saying that, but she was prone to make some some silly mistakes. Um, she would she would mess up on dance elements rather than her tumbling elements, like the harder things. She was doing incredible work at. And it was the simpler things. Now, granted, I, I can't do any of these skills. So let's be clear about that part. <laughs> but but the mistakes she was she was making were not skill issues. They were confidence issues. And she seems to have addressed those big time. She is so much better now after seeing her at the classic. And then also she did compete in the winter cup and she's killing it she's killing it. I, I have to say <laughs> Jordan Childs is, I would say her, her stock went way up in, in the last couple of weeks. So good on her. She is, she's an incredibly powerful gymnast and just, she has really addressed, like I said, those confidence issues. And I think, like I said, she's making a case for herself. I would not be surprised to see her in Tokyo either. Then. There is Simone Biles. (laughs) Those are all the people that are competing really for three spots on the Olympic team, because one of them belongs to Simone Biles. You know, um, there's not a lot to be said about this woman that hasn't already been said, but she, she, I don't know if you guys know this, but she's an incredible gymnast. She and her gym and Jordan Childs is a a member of her gym, but they had a full rotation of themselves. They had six gymnasts in session two, And they warmed up in Leo's and then they changed before the actual competition and hers had a rhinestone goat on it. And she, you know, she's earned that. She's earned that one. She completed. And I know everyone is talking about the Yurchenko double pike vault, which, you know, sounds made up Yurchenko double pike. But basically what that means is you round off onto the springboard and then you back handspring from the springboard onto the vaulting table. And then you do two rotations in the air in pike position. It's hard. <laughs> no woman has ever done it in competition. She's just better than everyone else. I mean, there's just not, there's not a lot to say. One of the things that I think measures a good athlete or a great athlete is the greatness gap. When you talk about how much better she is than everyone else, it is unreal there's just no one that even comes close at this point point. and actually um fig which is the it's in french so it's like the federation international gymnastic but the world gymnastics organization so in order to get a skill named after you in gymnastics you have to be the first to complete it in international competition so anytime you hear oh she's doing the patterson dismount That's named after Carly Patterson. She had to do that at worlds or at the Olympics or some other international competition in order to get that named for her. Simone Biles has two on floor. She has one on beam and she is consistently being undervalued on those skills. And FIG is saying that it's because these skills are too difficult for most gymnasts to attempt and they don't want to encourage people to to attempt them by making them worth a ton of points so that they'll try them and potentially injure themselves. I, I don't want to say that's a lie, but I'm having, I'm struggling to believe that that is true. I think what's happening is that the greatness gap between Simone Biles and literally everyone else in the world is so big that they're afraid to overvalue or correctly value really what she's doing because giving her what she deserves means that she's going to be even further above everyone else, which she's already way outscoring her competitors, but by fairly valuing her, her skills, there's just an even wider gap. And that's, that's my, that's my understanding. I, I think Simone Biles herself has said, she hasn't said that exactly, but it, it's definitely in there. And I, I think it's time to start. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, it's, it's a struggle to, um, but I think what also happens when, when they're doing that is that you just can't understand how much more difficult what she's doing is because it's not worth as many points as it should be. And actually the beam dismount, which was a a double twisting double somersault off the beam. She's not even doing it anymore because it's not worth it, but it is named the Biles. So she does have that going for her. It's just going to be a while before anybody else even tries it because first of all, you have to be able to do it but also nobody wants to, to try it if it's not going to be worth as many points as it is difficult. So that's just what's happening with Simone. Simone also actually fell off the bars, which was interesting. I haven't seen her fall off anything in a very long time, but bars have been her weakest apparatus for a long time. She's been working on some upgrades. She ended up falling. So did a lot of people. I think she'll you know, go home and tweak that. But I think ultimately she wants to go home from Tokyo with six medals, um, one for each apparatus, individual all around, and team all around. And if anyone can do it, it's Simone Biles. So that's that's pretty much the GKUS Classic. There are a ton of events going on for qualifications in the next month. Teams have to be announced by the end of June. So we will have those names here pretty shortly. There's some trials, some, some of the governing bodies don't have any kind of trial. They kind of do it based on previous performance. And a lot of them have camps where you have to go and, and show your skills. So those are coming up. So we'll have a lot of, of names coming soon. And gymnastics is, is just one that I'm following. So I'm sure I will be back on here talking to you about track and field finals which are coming up here in a couple of weeks and US gymnastics nationals which is men's and women's what else is coming up so many things so stay tuned because I will be updating as we go and then once the actual games start I will have a daily podcast so I will do this every day for those 2 weeks in July and August so looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to my very first episode. You can find me on Instagram at love of the games pod. And I look forward to it. I look forward to to talking with other Olympic games nerds. It'll be a great summer. Talk to you soon.